calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Well, welcome to another Take 15 interview uh, from CFA Institute. I'm Dave Larrabee, and today I'm joined by Dylan Grice. Dylan is Director of Research at Edelweiss Holdings, and over the course of his career, Dylan's worked as an economist, a trader, strategist, and his widely quoted thought pieces are considered must-reads uh, by many in our industry. Dylan, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, back in the early 80s, uh, the Fed under Paul Volcker brought inflation under control by hiking interest rates, and you've argued that this ushered in a new era of financial engineering, uh, bringing with it unintended consequences, including inflation of a different sort. Mm -hmm. uh, would it, you explain what you mean by that? Well, yeah, really, the um, the idea of of inflation is is actually um, far more uh, nuanced and multi-dimensional than um, uh, is, uh, uh, would be allowed by assuming that the CPI measured uh, all inflation. There's, um, there's a whole range of, of different aspects to it. Um, the CPI is maybe the type of inflation that people can see, um, but there's lots of inflation that people can't see, lots of inflation that um, uh, is unobservable and, and frankly, um, unmeasurable. Um, and the danger, if you target the bit that you see, um, and you try and influence the bit that you see is, of course, that you, you're also influencing the stuff that you can't see and that you can't measure. Um, and this is where these unintended consequences come from. Uh, one of the, the greatest inflations, I think, over the last three decades has been the inflation of credit. Um, it's, it's since Volcker reigned in CPI inflation um, that we saw an absolute ex an explosion in uh, balance sheets, an explosion um, in debt, both in the public sector and in the private sector. And now, 30 years later, um, a period during which we had incredibly stable um, CPI um, uh, inflation, uh, we have seen uh, rampant uh, balance sheet um, inflation, and we, the, the effects of which we're, we're, we're struggling to deal with today, um, incidentally, um, uh, and just a, a grotesquely distorted capital structure, both in the public sector and the private sector. So is there an effective difference then between price inflation and credit inflation? Well, the both um, uh, consequences of uh, monetary manipulation, effectively, and manipulation is a, a loaded word, but but that's what it is. You know, the the price of money uh, is like any other price; it's best set in a market. Um, you don't have committees to set the price of bananas. <laughs> you, know, you don't have committees that set the the price of beer. Right? The market sets the price of bananas and beer. Money's no different, right? There's a price for money. There's an interest rate. There's a price for money that is best set by the market. But we don't have a a market for money. What we have are central banks and central bank committees. And central bank committees set the price of money. And central bank committees today set the quantity of money just by printing it. They call it quantitative easing. Um, so this is the root um, of, the, um, uh, of the, the phenomenon that we see. Um, and the consequences of this type of activity, this price setting, are uh, uh, many. You can see uh, in the 1970s we saw 
a huge CPI inflation, high street inflation, where the price, prices in, 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 in shops, prices in the high street, um, very, very visibly, were rising by 20 to, to 30% in some cases um, each year. Um, of course, when you go to the very, very high inflation economies like Latin America or Africa, the numbers are even, even, even bigger. Um, but as I said, since then, we've actually seen an inflation which has been very unusual, um, uh, incredibly per- per- pervasive, and it's largely operated through the financial system, through the inflation of credit. Um, so we've seen very, very different effects. Um, in particular, um, we've seen a huge inflation of asset prices, as I said, a huge inflation of debt. This inflation of asset prices has really benefited asset holders. So in a very meaningful way, it has, um, in my opinion, driven a redistribution from, from poor people to rich people, from people with no assets and therefore no access to cheap credit to rich people who do have assets and do have access to cheap credit and can use that cheap credit to, to get even more rich. Um, so I think the, the inequality that is becoming a very hot political issue um, is, and is driving the political debate and is driving and unleashing some of these um, unpleasant um, features of the human condition, um, such as envy, very, very um, uh, um, profound envy in some cases, you're actually seeing this inequality create a number of um, uh, 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 political um, uh, problems. And so some of the social and political problems that we are seeing today, in my opinion, are a direct consequence of um, uh, the monetary um, experiment that we've witnessed over the last 30 years um, and one of the unintended consequences on it. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've said that the explosion in credit and this devaluation of money has resulted in a devaluation of language. What do you mean by that? Well, um, you can see it um, when you look at the way words have, have been used over, over time. Google have this, have this fantastic thing called a, an engram viewer where you can actually scan um, the, something like 20% of the, the corpus of the English language. You can see how words have, have, have been used and how that, that usage has changed over time. And um, you can see, for example, um, during this financialization of everything over the last 30 years, as credit has grown and assets have grown, the financial, obviously, this is, you know, this is the heart of the financial sector. Um, and so the financial sector has grown. You, know, you look at banks which are, are too big to fail. You look at um, the size of um, financial profits as a share of overall profits. You look at the size of financial sector employment as a share of overall employment, and it just exploded in the 1980s. So we kind of financialized everything. And what you find using Google's Engram Viewer is that words which we would think are perfectly normal and ordinary are actually not ordinary and normal. They are relatively modern. So words like arbitrage, leveraged, financial engineering, optimal capital structure, EPS growth, EBITDA, creative accounting, aggressive accounting, etc. All of these financial terms didn't really exist 30 years ago. And now their use has exploded with the, the credit inflation. And one that I find particularly interesting is um, the use of the term risk management. You know, you type risk management into Google's engram and no one, no one used risk management. No one thought about risk management before 1980, right? before this um, uh, financial boom. Now, does that mean that there was no risk to be managed? <laughs> <laughs> Were there no risks in the world um, uh, before 1980? The answer was no. Um, what we've seen, though, um, is, uh, I think, a, a growth in the risk management industry, a growth in the, the perception um, that um, uh, risk can be quantified. This is, again, this is an academic idea that, um, uh, that has um, 
uh, gained in popularity. And the reason why I think this is a devaluation of language is because it's just a terrible idea, right? Risk cannot be quantified. Um, certainly not by the volatility of prices. When most people, certainly most financial people, talk about risk, what they mean is the standard deviation of price, okay? Which has a, a very nice attribute, which is that it's very easy to measure. But it has a very um, uh, unfortunate attribute, which is that it's close to meaningless, right? And it has nothing to do with risk. Risk, like inflation, is a, a very nuanced area. It's a, a multi-dimensional um, uh, subject, and you really cannot um, in any way pretend to understand risk or to measure risk simply because you've measured the standard deviation of prices. And the danger is that it gives you a blind spot. If you think that you've measured risk because you've measured the standard deviation of prices, you now think that you have all your risks covered and you don't. And a large part of the, the problem in 2007, 2008 was that people who were using these absolutely crazy risk models um, were blind to the real risk. Um, they had model blindness. And I think this is, this is one example of the kind of devaluation of, of, um, of language that you can see in the engram. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about the, this explosion of debt again. Um, Seth Klarman and others have similarly written about the U.S. approaching this economic tipping point uh, beyond which um, trust was broken, credit, credit worthiness is called into question, um, interest rates spike and the dollar plummets. How close are we to this tipping point in your view? Oh, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I agree with Seth com completely, uh, but I, I have no idea where the tipping point is. And I think it's not, I think it's not knowable. I don't think anyone really, you know, um, nobody knows the answer to that. Um, I think the one thing you do know is that if you protect yourself from it now, um, and you do, you, you can do it cheaply and you can do it well. Um, uh, without knowing when this is this is actually um, uh, going to blow up, but I do think that it will blow up. Um, when it blows up, that protection will be very very expensive, and it will be too. It will be it will be like trying to buy hurricane insurance after a hurricane. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know when it's going to blow up, but I do know that now is a great time um, to be looking at protecting yourself from um, from those kind of scenarios. Is a graceful exit possible right now for all the countries and central banks that have done all this uh, easing? Um, you know, anything can happen. I, 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 I really, really doubt it um, uh, very much. My, my instinct is, is, is to say absolutely not. But, you know, look at the Japanese experience. Um, um, Japan has, I think one of the lessons from Japan is that governments can, um, governments can delay reckoning um, for much longer than you think. And um, you know, they, 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 they have a, a monopoly of coercive force, so they can use the, the law um, in, in, in ways that, frankly, are quite imaginative and, and um, uh, can help them um, uh, stave off that, 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 that day of reckoning. So, um, uh, you know, as you can tell, I, it does bother me. What's going on bothers me. The ideas that these policymakers use to justify their, their actions bother me. Um, uh, but I don't, I, I don't think that they can ultimately win the war uh, because prices are going to go where prices are going to go. They will ultimately reflect scarcity. Um, there is a scarcity of capital. Now, the, the policies have seen to this scarcity of capital. Nobody's saving. The savings have completely gone out of fashion for the last 10, 20 years. So there is no capital. Ultimately, I think capital will, the price of capital will reflect that scarcity. And that means higher interest rates, higher equity yields, all of those things. Ultimately, that's going, that is where it's going. And I don't think that policymakers can win the war. They cannot prevent that. But they can win a number of battles before then.
Well, Dylan, thanks for sharing your insights with us today. Thank you. Thank you for watching. You can access our full catalog of content at cfainstitute.org. Copyright 2014 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.